Hey, welcome to Devo with Patrick and Jamie. We are in our respective uh, spots, Pat at his apartment, and I'm uh, in our youth room. That's why there's a cross in the background, if you can see it right over there. <clears throat> and if you're hearing, if you're hearing just audio only, um, that's fine. You can see, you can hear our voices. You can tell who we are. Uh, Pat, what are we doing today? Well, I do just want to give a little shout out to the people that watch us on video. Cool. We're going to start releasing right. all of our devos in the video form. Uh, Re- okay. All right. Yeah. Audio I gotta, too. Like, make my hair the, nice yeah. and get some makeup <laughs> right. going now for, too. For right? the people that listen, you can still listen. But for the people that want to watch and watch our brains tick <laughs> as we do this, uh, you can watch it. And also, I don't edit the, the video version, so you get it raw. You get the full raw, yeah. you get the full thing. You Our don't get thoughts to, and everything, yeah. That's right. You get to hear the mistakes. And that's, Pat, that's, I, I just have to say, that's what I like about what we do, is we're not coming into this having spent uh, 20 hours researching each passage. <laughs> you know, we're hitting this up the same way that you might just flip your Bible open and read a passage, you know? Like, that's how it goes. This is like real life stuff. This, this isn't like, This you know, podcast is not our full-time job. <laughs> that is true. We that do other stuff. True. This is like a, a moment in time. Uh, <laughs> but with all that said, uh, Pat, how long have you been a Christian? Mm, I, I would say my entire life. I grew up going to church, uh, was baptized as an infant. I don't, re- I don't remember ever a time in my life not going to church on Sundays with my family. And how long have you been reading the Bible? Uh, well, I got my first Bible in fifth grade and that's like my first memories of actually like reading a Bible. I'm sure I did before that. I just, they don't, those memories don't stand out. Yeah. So these are our qualifications that we're giving you right now is Pat got a Bible in fifth grade and he's been reading it since I got my first Bible that was like a real Bible in third grade. And I didn't really start reading it though, like really reading it until I was probably like 20, I really was like, that's it. I'm reading through this whole thing and I'm going to really dig into it. Mm. Uh, but that was like, you know, 21 years ago. So our credentials are, we got Bibles when we were little and now we're reading them and uh, we're going to continue to read scripture and we love just kind of getting into it. So that's right. there you go. Boom. And that's going to be your credentials when you read the Bible is, do you have a Bible? Yes. Yes. Good. Pray, ask the Holy Spirit to give you some wisdom and get into it and read it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Bible, what passage are we in today, Pat? Well, on the on Wednesdays, on the Wednesdays, we go through the minor prophets. This week, super exciting. We're in Jonah. Ooh, Jonah. <laughs> it's crazy. Right. This is like a story that we probably were first exposed to as children. Jonah and the whale. Uh, yeah. It's like a classic, very, lots of imagery, good for children, good story. And today we're going to read chapter two of Jonah. Uh, There's only four chapters, but chapter two is the best because it's, I think the only documented story of someone writing basically a poem from inside of a fish. Hey man, listen, it sounds like you've done a little research already, Pat. Are you cheating? (laughs) I, I did do a little research only to pick the passage that we're going to dive into today. And I only okay. picked it because its title is literally from inside the fish. 
from inside <laughs> the fish. All right. Yeah. So we'll good. read the whole thing. It's only 10 verses. Uh, super great. Jamie. Do you want me to read it? You get to listen to the word of the Lord today. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Let's from do this. inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me from deep in the realm of the dead. I called for help and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains, I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and prayed, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. (laughs) (laughs) The word of the Lord, right? Yeah, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I imagine that that uh, vomiting fish was like one super loud, loud burp. <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So like the word for that, I'm looking it up in Hebrew. It's uh like the way it's actually written here. It's yak, yake, yake, kind of like that. Kind of like to yak. Yeah. It's like the sound you would make. Yeah. <laughs> like, like yaka. I can't do it. I can't do it right. Uh, I all can't right. actually. Let's let's tear this apart. Perfectly. Uh, Jonah starts by saying, "In my distress, I called to the Lord, and He answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and You listened to my cry." Okay, <laughs> we get that he's distressed, <laughs> and, right? And he's deep in something in the realm of the dead. He's yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. So from inside the fish, Jonah prayed. Pat, I think it's good to give some people some context. How did Jonah get in the fish? Yeah. Right. So, like, this is kind of an interesting thing. Jonah's a prophet. He's supposed to go to Nineveh. He's supposed to tell them, uh, prophesy to them. But he doesn't do that. Uh, Instead, he goes the opposite way. He gets in a boat and heads for Tarshish, which is like this land, which is where you're supposed to make a bunch of money. So he leaves what God's calling him to do, runs away to go to this land where he's going to make a bunch of money. And uh, when he does that, the seas get really crazy. There's all these sailors on board. They pray to all their gods. They try to row as fast as they can. They start throwing everything overboard um, just so that they can escape with their lives. And uh, then they get crazy and just start casting lots to find out who uh, whose fault it is. And the lot falls to Jonah. Which, so they're like, dude, what what's going on? And Jonah's like, well, yeah, I'm like a prophet and I'm not doing the right thing. And, and they're like, what do we do? And Jonah's like, throw me overboard. And they're like, we can't do that. <laughs> but he convinces them. So they throw him overboard. The sea gets calm. And instead of Jonah drowning, he gets eaten by a fish. So that's yeah. where we're at. <laughs> Chapter one has a lot oh. going on in it. 
<laughs> yeah. For us to jump right into it, right? So Jonah has a lot of distress in his life. Uh, and so it's in his distress that he calls to the Lord. Um, from like, he's even saying he's in the realm of the dead, which is a pretty hardcore thing to say. Uh, that word, the realm of the dead is Sheol, which is the word that, that people use to describe hell in kind of, you know, one version of how people look at the old Testament. So, uh, he, he's like, basically like, Hey, from like, from hell, I'm calling for help. Um, I'm like in such a bad place. Like this is the worst place I could be. I would imagine that being inside of a fish would be like hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think about it from a physical perspective for a moment. I've taken a train before from New Jersey to New York, downtown New York. Okay. And from Princeton, New Jersey, to downtown New York. And the Got craziest it. thing about that train ride is as you're coming into New York, the train goes under the Hudson River. And right. because there is such a dramatic atmospheric pressure change, because you're going like tons of feet underwater instantly, your ears will pop like instantly. Huh. Like, oh, and it's crazy. It's the weirdest feeling. It's like you're going up in an airplane, but instead of an airplane, you're in a rocket ship and you're going... <laughs> you know, like a hundred miles an hour. Wow. Uh, and so I would imagine if you got eaten by a fish, you'd go down deep quickly. You would experience that same sort of like ears pressure popping. That's yes. like uncomfortable. Yeah. And that might be the least of it. Right. I mean, you're, I don't know about you, man, but fish smell gross. <laughs> yeah. Whether they're alive or dead, they still smell gross. Yeah. And, and they have, they have, uh, you know, they're, they're not pleasant creatures. I've smelled a dead say. whale before and it's not good. Ew. Yeah. Oh, was that the one that was outside <laughs> of your dad's house or whatever? Yeah. Drifted in. Yikes. Yeah. It's gross. Yeah. Dead whales. That's gross. But could you imagine like how much would someone have to pay you to climb into that thing's mouth? Ooh, like not enough. <laughs> <laughs> not enough. Yeah. Not enough money. Yeah, not enough. Out there. So Jonah's inside this 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 fish, this giant fish. He's inside of it. Now here's what I here's what's weird to me. This is the part where I'm like, what in the world? Um, he has a little mini worship service in there, right? Oh, I like that you call it a worship service. I wouldn't have really thought of it like that. But yeah, I mean, I guess it kind of is. I mean, is. it's a prayer, and the prayer that he has is like it, he he ends up like worshiping God in this, yeah, um, which is crazy. I mean, it starts with distress, right? We talked about this verse one, distress from the from the from hell. I'm crying for help from Sheol. I cried for help, uh, and then he says, "God, you you listen to my cry." Yeah. Now here's what's weird: the fish hasn't vomited him, him out yet. Oh yeah, and he thinks God has heard him. Yeah. Well, I mean, right. He's a person of faith, so... Uh, or it could be, too, that he's saying, like, you know, here I was. Maybe he sees the fish as part of his salvation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that actually kind of makes more sense here now that I'm reading this, right? Um, he was, like, falling down in the water, sinking, yeah. and all of a sudden this fish saved him. Yeah, yeah. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's... 
maybe the fish is part of his salvation. It's like the path yeah. that everyone yeah. kind of has to, or that people sometimes have to go down. Yeah. And you have to get like, you have to find your rock or hit your rock bottom kind of an idea. And he did. And the fish like brought him back up to the surface and vomited him, vomited him onto the shore on a dry land. So what, what verse are we on here? Three, you hurled me into the depths in the very heart of the sea and the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. Pat, you, you're out in the sea. Uh, yeah. What is it like dealing with swirling currents and waves and breakers sweeping over you when you have no life jacket, no board, no wetsuit? You're just a guy out there in the water. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I... Uh, Yesterday, I was out surfing yesterday and in Oceanside at the pier, and I had a, a surfboard with me. So that's the only difference in this story than what you were just saying. But yeah. when the tide starts going out at the pier on the north side, a huge rip current forms and mm. it it pulls you. It's crazy. It pulls you out to sea, but also towards the pier. And so if you're mm. not careful and you get in that, you have to paddle super hard to prevent yourself from getting pulled underneath the pier. And that's definitely where you don't want to be because when a wave comes in you don't want to be trying to battle the current of the wave with giant pillars right next to you yeah uh, so you it's definitely there's a element of danger involved with uh being out in the ocean and the currents but you just have to be aware of what your surroundings aware of how quickly you're moving. If you know, if you're not constantly checking your surroundings, you can move a long ways super quickly and it can be disorienting. Like you don't know which way is up. Sometimes even you don't know like what to do. It's like, you're kind of like a, at a point of being lost. Yeah. Um, and it seems like here, that's where he, what he's, what Jonah's saying. He's like, I'm, I'm lost. There's nothing I can do. Like waves breakers are sweeping over me. Um, I'm getting swirled about. I got no hope. He, I mean, he's on the open ocean, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's which, even more terrifying because you don't have a reference point. So you don't know, like you don't feel currents at work on your body when you're in the ocean. You're, you're moving, you're moving the same speed of all the water. You don't feel yourself being pulled in one direction or the other. And so on the open ocean, you could travel miles very quickly in a current and not even really register that where you are. You, you can lose yeah. track of where you are instantly. It, I think anyone who's gone to the beach before, you know, Southern California or probably, you know, pretty much any beach, if you go out there in the water and you get to a point where your feet are off the ground uh, and you're just kind of playing around, like maybe little kids are out there playing, you look back at the the beach and you realize, whoa, I just moved like a whole bunch. Yeah. And you didn't even notice it, kind of like you're saying. The, yeah, and that's I th right. I think, you know, that's that's kind of like that power of the currents just kind of moving us around. Now I, I want to take this to another level and say in our lives, there might be a lot of hardships and, and trouble like waves and breakers that we can see. Uh, there's things we can see um, that come up and get us. Like maybe you have a big financial crisis comes and hits you all of a sudden, or yeah. maybe you have, um, you know, a health issue that might come in and grab you or your family and put you in a really bad spot. And you're like, man, this is, this is hard. Like, where's God? You know, we're in, I'm in a tough spot right now, but maybe there's some of these subtle currents that are happening in your life that you don't really know, but it's starting to kind of like eat away at you a little bit, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, 
And so like a good example of that is sometimes I, at least I know a lot of people have this happen when, when you can't go to church or when you stop like worshiping together with other people, just like right now, obviously with coronavirus, uh, there's not a lot of live in-person worship happening. Um, and when there is, it, it feels like maybe it's a little bit less than what, what we'd expect. Um, and after a while that starts to take a toll and like in, in, even when it's not coronavirus, you might like, Oh, I have, you know, a sports game on, on Sunday morning or my family's not going and we stop worshiping together. Yeah. And when we stop worshiping together, it doesn't feel like a big disaster is happening in our lives, but, uh, it can start to like take a toll on you. Right. And the next thing you know, you look and you don't know where North is. You don't, you know, you start to lose a sense of, of who you are and where you are. Yeah. Um, so Jonah's describing that pretty well, uh, but he says something weird in verse four next. Yeah. I've been banished from your sight. Yeah. I will look again towards your holy temple. So he hasn't, uh, necessarily lost all grip on reality. Uh, he understand, I think he's kind of saying he understands that he's made a mistake, yeah. uh, but he knows the path of the Lord. Yes. And he's saying, you know, I've, I've been, uh, you know, I've been banished from your sight, like, which kind of means like you're doing like God is done with you sort of. Um, but then he gives this little second, like layer of hope, right? Yet I will look again toward your holy temple, which is kind or holy palace, which is kind of a weird thing to say. Yeah. Um, you know, he's like, no, God is basically saying God is still with me. Even though I feel like God is gone right now, uh, there's hope. Right. And I think that hope is what's getting a lot of people through in the tough times that, you know, we've been going through in our country right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People realize that God is still active, even when they can't see him, even when they feel like God is completely distant, God is completely gone. Um, we're like, no. I'm still going to look towards God, uh, towards God's holy temple, towards God's palace. Uh, there's still hope there. Um, so even in the middle of all this, even when the currents are, you know, throwing him away and the breakers and waves are getting him, he's like, no, there's still hope. And then yeah. I love verse five, man. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. The seaweed was wrapped around my head. <laughs> that's the best part yeah. so the engulfing I mean you think about engulfing waters right to be engulfed is like to be drowned basically to all encompassing like something that's coming completely around you yeah um, the the engulfing waters are threatening him and the deep is surrounding me I like that whole idea of the deep being uh, being surrounding yeah um, the word I'm looking it up could be like flood or deluge or kind of even the uh, the primeval uh, uh, ocean. So it's like kind of like this whole idea of just water is now taking over. Yeah. And if we remember and we go all the way back to the first um, uh, first book in the Bible and first chapter and God creating the earth, you know, the original uh, kind of piece is the, the spirit of God hovering over the water. So it's like there is this flood, there is this water, there is sort of this thing that's happening, but in a lot of ways here, Jonah's having this like rebirth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's going back to the beginning and kind of being reformed in the belly of a, 
of a fish. Um, Pat, have you ever been so uh, like wiped out by a wave that you came up and you had seaweed on your head? Uh, not bad. I've definitely okay. been nervous about okay. it. Like oh, I'm going to be stuck under this pit of seaweed. I'm not going to be able to get up. The closest that has ever happened is I caught this wave once and I fell and I came up from underwater and my leash was pulling on my ankle like crazy. And I look and my board is like 15 feet away from me. Now it's like a six foot leash and my board Uh-oh. is like freakishly far away. And this huge patch of seaweed got wrapped up in my leash and hyper stretched it like so far away. Whoa. Yeah, it was, it was gnarly and it took like five minutes to get all of the kelp undone. And my leash was totally destroyed. It was so stretched out and like breaking. It was, it was bad. Yeah. I know that sometimes that seaweed can get wrapped up pretty good. Yeah. I, I go fishing sometimes out in the ocean and uh, like in the coast, coastal fishing. And sometimes if you get there and there's a, you can see a lot of uh, kelp and seaweed that's out there, there's no point in even fishing because it'll yeah. just wrap up your line and and you'll be stuck uh, in it. Yeah. But uh, that's dangerous. So can you imagine like you're being flooded and so your number one concern is drowning, but then the next thing you know, there's seaweed wrapped around your neck. Yeah, brutal. Gnarly. It's like, I'm going to get choked out, not even drowned in water. I'm going to get choked out by seaweed. Like, this is awful. It's <laughs> yeah. like everything's against him. Yeah. Um. So then in verse, verse six here, he says, to the roots of the mountains, I sank down to the earth beneath, uh, or the earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord, my God, brought me, my life up from the pit. So uh, he starts out here looking at um, uh, the roots of the mountains. I've never thought of mountains having roots. Yeah. I right? mean, I guess they, they would. I mean, maybe would. I don't know. <laughs> the root of a mountain. Well, I think of it like a volcano. Like a root okay. of a volcano is like the the lava tube that goes all the way. Sure. Yeah. Anyway. All the way at the like bottom of the sea. Yeah. Uh, there's the, the bottom of the roots of the mountains. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I, maybe when Jonah was saved, he actually did sink down pretty far. Yeah. That's why I'm kind of gathering. It seems like he was, he wasn't just like floating on the top and a fish was like, Oh look, lunch and grabbed him. He was like, he was like going down like really far. (laughs) Yeah. To the roots of the mountains. I sank down the earth beneath barred me in forever. Super gnarly. (laughs) Trapped man. (laughs) Trapped in the bottom. Yeah. But you Lord, my God brought my life up from the pit. Yeah. So gnarly. (laughs) And that's a common expression being brought up from the pit. Uh, I think in the Psalms, we see that repeated. Um, But the idea is God actually bringing us, bringing our life back. Like we're in a place, a pit or a grave or a trap. Like we're trapped and we get out. God is helping us out. Yeah. Um, So again, even in the worst place, like this song keeps saying, like I was in the worst place, no hope. And then, but there was hope. There was God. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what this next thing is going to say too. Verse seven, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. So he said before he was going to look at the holy temple or palace again. And in this part, he's saying when my life was ebbing away, like he was feeling his his life leaving. Um, For some reason, he remembered God. And I think that's kind of true. You know, when people are at their lowest point, 
um, especially with health concerns, God comes up, God shows up, even thinking about God starts to come up again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, wow. My dog is like going bonkers. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Uh, interesting. I've always thought about this. It's like people really seek God in times of trouble. Yeah. I think God is definitely like available in every, to everyone in times of trouble, but I feel like a lot of people don't remember to seek God in times of not trouble. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I feel like through COVID, God has been uh, brought up, referenced, thought about, prayed to a lot more just because of COVID happening than before. And I think that that's going to have a really good, and we're getting into something totally different, but that's going to have a really cool impact on society afterwards because a lot more people are going to have a, a new rekindled or like different relationship with Christ. Yeah, I hope so. I really do. I think, uh, you know, like you said, when there is hardship, when it comes along like this, people do kind of turn to God because they have nowhere else to turn. Yeah. Um, uh, but sometimes our memories are really short, you know? Yeah. That's... And that's why I think it's important to share these stories uh, and to read scripture because we remember like, oh, look what God did there. God saved Jonah. Yeah. Um, why did God save Jonah? Uh, well, you know, Jonah's going to go on and preach uh, to Nineveh and he's going to save a bunch of people in Nineveh. Yeah. Like there's a lot of God saving that happens and it's kind of interconnected. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of prayers rising up to God. Yeah. Um, if we think about our prayers, like, you know, bubbles floating on the wind or like smoke <laughs> uh, rising up or like that one balloon you let go of and it just taken off and, you know, you can't see it. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of prayers rising up to God and God grabbing onto those um, because when he hears them, he does something about it. And, you know, I don't think it takes time for God to hear our prayers. I think God hears them instantly. Um, but for us, a lot of times it takes patience for us to hope uh, and to, to wait for what God is going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Verse eight, those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. Again, I, I feel like this is like really relevant in today's culture. Like right yeah. now, worthless idols, uh, people that worship their, their jobs their their phones, uh, whatever idol might be money, financial, like, stuff like that. They're turning away from God's love for a uh, false sense, false sense of satisfaction that they're getting from whatever they are making their idol. Hmm. I feel like that's, that's like really present today. Yeah. And just, you know, quick definition, anything that you put in front of God is, is an idol. Anything that you put higher up in your life than God is an idol. And, and that could be a million things. Yeah. Um, it's also for a, a lot of people. It's uh, it's money just straight up you know, making money. That's number one. Yeah. Uh, some people it's success. You know, maybe they don't say it as money. They say it as it's being successful. Some people put other people as an idol, right? So like maybe there's that, um, <clears throat> that guy you really like or that girl you really like uh, and they end up being your idol. You, they, they matter more than anything else. Maybe your best friend matters more to you than anything else. And, and usually all those things that we think of as idols, they're not bad and they're not like, terrible things, but as soon as they get put in front of God or higher than God, uh, then th that's bad. Um, so I think what we're seeing here is Jonah's realizing it. 
He's like, nope, don't cling to those worthless idols. Um, you don't want to turn away God's love. God has love for you. He loves you so much. Don't turn that away. Don't work to fight against God's love for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you fight it? There's no reason yeah. to fight it. And finally in verse 10 or excuse me, verse nine, he wraps up this whole prayer, but I with shouts of grateful praise will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. Now I have a hard time with this because he's saying, but me, you know, all those people are idolatry. I right now inside of a fish yeah, <laughs> in the ocean, inside of a fish, <laughs> I am going to, with shouts of grateful praise, so I'm thinking of Jonah inside a fish yelling, like praises to God at the top of his lungs while he's inside of a fish. I will sacrifice to you. Well, what is Jonah going to give to God? Yeah. Like, what can he give to God? Uh, Like, that is kind of, I mean, that's kind of a rough thing to say here. Like, um. I will sacrifice to you. Jonah, you got nothing left. Yeah. You know, you barely have life left. Um, So he's making this vow, right? What I have vowed, I will make good. Yeah. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. So he's kind of making this promise like, okay, I'm going to do the right thing now. Right. I'm going to do the things that God is commanding commanding me to do. So he changes his mind. Um he changes his mind and he wants to now follow God to do the things of God. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the result? He gets vomited out. (laughs) He gets yacked up on the shore. Yeah. Uh, Now the fish yacked him up onto dry land. That's pretty impressive. Now we can make some assumptions about that. One is either, either the fish beached himself onto the dry land and then yacked him up. Or secondly, Jonah was projectile vomited onto dry land. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, we don't know. Doesn't say. Doesn't say. But we know he made it out okay, so he couldn't have been projectile vomited that far. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was vomited out. Yeah. So, there we go. That's all we've got for this little devotional. And who knew we were going to talk about vomiting fish today? Uh, I, who knew? I don't know. Patrick, you knew. I, I didn't know. I knew. That's right. <laughs> Have All a right, good, hey, everyone. Uh, thanks for being with us. Yeah, thanks for tuning in.